And now, the voice of truth. News, interviews, political commentary, current issues that affect Christians today. The Voice of Truth is your Washington, D.C. connection from a Christian perspective featuring host Shannon Skolton. The Voice of Truth contains unapologetic criticism of current events, reveals disingenuous politics, and addresses difficult issues. If you are easily offended by political incorrectness, listener discretion is advised. Psalm 144 verse 1 says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. That is the verse that Sandy Robison from Robison Tactical lives by. Robison Tactical is a self-defense training company located in Las Vegas, Nevada. They provide church leaders with CCW and other self-defense skills necessary to protect their congregations. Robison Tactical can be found online at fffactical.com. fffactical.com. I know it's a surprise for you guys to see me here on a Saturday. Not usual that I come before you on a Saturday with Voice of Truth. If you are just joining us, Hi and welcome. My name is Shannon Skolton, your humble host of Voice of Truth with Shannon Skolton. This is a radio broadcast as well as internet and podcast show where we dive into the Bible, we discuss the Bible, we talk about the things of the Bible, including current events and everything that pertains to life itself right here and right now. What is our purpose? What's God's plan for us? How can we grow? What do we need to do to execute the plan in which God has given us? Maybe there's things we need to know about and learn that we are maybe ill-equipped and need better preparation. And of course, we talk about end times and biblical prophecy and what is on the horizon to come. So today, this is a very special broadcast and just one of hopefully many more that will be coming to you on Saturdays or throughout the week. I have a very special guest who is near and dear to my heart, a close friend, a powerful woman of the Lord. She would not claim that she's a powerful woman of the Lord, I'm sure, but I'm not going to speak for her. But she's an amazing woman of the Lord who has helped so many people. A counselor, someone who deals with depression, someone who deals with just reality, what we go through. What do we suffer with? What do we struggle with? She helps people with career problems and and uh, people who have decision-making issues, relationship problems, marriages, stress, you name it. Betty Kuypke has profoundly changed my life, and my wish and my hope for this broadcast is that the content we bring to you will indeed penetrate and touch the depths of your heart. So joining me today, without further ado, I have my friend, an amazing woman of the Lord, Betty Kuypke. Betty, thank you for being on the program. Thanks, Shannon. Hopefully, uh, my introduction did you justice. You're amazing. I know you're humble, but you are amazing. You've helped me so much in my life. I'm going to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, I pro- without God, obviously, number one, uh, and Betty helping me through some of the most horrific times in my life, I believe the outcome of my life would have been much different from what has happened and how I've grown today. And I know that that's a very powerful statement, but it's true in my opinion. So why don't you let everybody know a little bit about you and your background? Well, my background is I have about 15 years actually in the marriage and family um, profession, but I have about 40 years of um, this journey called recovery. And in this journey, I've learned how to grow up. And as all of us probably go through things in life experiences, one of the things I've really learned the most is pain is what causes us to change and to grow and to heal. And without pain, we just kind of go along life and then all of a sudden life really happens and then a tragedy happens and then we we really grow up. Mm. We either stay stuck 
before we grow up. When you were identifying me, uh, you were sharing um, my journey on some level. I really believe that all I ever wanted to do when I was a kid, as long as I could remember, was to be a missionary. Mm. And my mom and dad were alcoholics, and they were um, fist-fighting alcoholics. Mm. They were not um, just drinking buddies, but they they liked to go to fisticuffs. Yeah. And when I was growing up, all I ever really wanted to do was be a missionary. And I went to Bible college back, at, back in Lincoln, Illinois. And while I was there, I, I just knew... I wasn't missionary stuff. I didn't have the quality, the, the intelligence to do that. So I got, ended up getting married, and I moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, which I wasn't sure where that was at. <laughs> but I found out, and um, I've been here 50 years. Wow. Left twice, tried to get out twice, and both times God brought me back. Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was driving down the road of after about 30 years of being here i i just wanted to be a missionary and god was really clear that day driving down the road i was it was just here when i began to really evaluate um who i was what i was doing where did god fit in all of that i went through a, a divorce when i was about 32 and um while i was in the here's hills of Kentucky, my my whole world falling apart. Um, I remember the Holy Spirit saying, well, it's probably a good thing you didn't come. I didn't come back sooner because you probably wouldn't have made it. Mm. And while I'd been here at Vegas uh, for 15 years, serving in the church, active in the church, youth leader, uh, guitar player, um, women's ministry, you name it, I did it. When I was in the hills of Kentucky and my husband was um, living with my best friend instead of me and my two-year-old, I remember saying to myself, but God, I was a niner. And of course, that's scriptural. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows what a niner is. Mm -hmm. A niner is someone who isn't quite 10, because Jesus was the only perfect ten, but I was really close. Mm, mm-hmm. The rest of that story was uh, not so much. Because mm-hmm. while I was so busy trying to serve him, what I hadn't realized was I had gotten in the way. Mm-hmm. I started serving the church. I started serving people. I started doing things because I felt good, and I was appreciated, and I was an elder's wife, and I was only 25 and 26 and 30. And I had given myself a lot of permission to tell God kind of how things should go. Mm-hmm. When my marriage ended and my husband left with my best friend, I had a reality check. Um, I wasn't who I thought I was, and he wasn't who I thought he was. So when you when I think about how I got here, I think about I was 34, 35 years old, sitting in the middle of my bed, sobbing, saying to God, I, I just don't get this. I, I don't get you. I don't get life. Because most of my whole entire life, I had been incredibly faithful. I really lived close to the word. Yeah, I got in the way, but I was pretty spot on. And my husband left, and there was no scripture that said what to do with that. So I told the Lord, I said, you know what, God? Bottom line is, I quit. I give you everything, everything. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, it's not my job to fix you. Mm. So I take it all back, mm-hmm. and yet I can't care. I quit. And the Holy Spirit said, well, good, it's about time. <laughs> and I said, so really? What does that mean? Yeah. And he said, this was never supposed to be a one-way street. Mm. This was always a partnership. And I said, 
but I don't understand. He said, well, you just hand something to me and you want me to fix it. Or you don't think I'm fixing it right, so you take it back. He said, you have to do your part and, and I'll do the rest. And I told him, but you know what? I've been to Bible college. I've memorized your scriptures. I've read your word. There's nowhere it says anywhere in there that if I do my part, he'll do the rest. He said, yeah, it's always been there. As a matter of fact, it's throughout the whole word. No, it's not. <laughs> And he said, yeah, it is. <laughs> and I had memorized a lot of scripture over my lifetime. And he said, First Peter 5, verse 4 through 7. It doesn't say if I do my part, you'll do the rest. He said, yeah, I did. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Mm -hmm. And in due time, I will lift you up. Mm -hmm. What's your part? Humble myself. <laughs> he said, before who? Mm -hmm. He said, before the mighty hand of God. And he literally said, Betty, the mighty hand of God. So I'm either God or not. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide. Mm -hmm. If you want to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, mm -hmm. not who you've created me to be, mm -hmm. or what you've thought I should, mm -hmm. the mighty hand, who I really am, I will lift you up. And I remember sitting there with tears and snot running down my face saying, well, I guess I better decide if he's God or not. Mm -hmm. Because if he's God, then I can trust him. Mm -hmm. And if he's not, I'll just no need to go any farther. Mm -hmm. So after some debate, he is God mm -hmm. and he will lift me up. The next verse says, but you got to cast your cares upon me because I really care about you. Mm -hmm. What's your part? I need to tell you, right? Not beg, not cry, not expect me to fix you but to tell me authentically what do you want what do you want mm -hmm. and tell me what you need mm -hmm. okay because i do care mm -hmm. in order of in order for you to receive that you gotta ask me okay the next verse says but you gotta be careful because satan's like a roaring lion ready to devour you and he's constantly reminding you of who you're not Mm -hmm. who you'll never be, how you're never going to get through this, how it's not going to be okay, mm -hmm. how bad it really is. And none of that's true because I'm still the mighty hand of God. And then the next verse says, but if you remain steadfast and strong, I promise I will lift you up. And there it was. If I do my part, he'll do the rest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes my part is getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. And walking through the rest of the day. Sometimes my part is saying nothing and just listening. Mm -hmm. Sometimes my part is asking permission to share something to someone that's going through a tough time. What took me down this path was the combination of knowing God. But while God's word was incredibly powerful, it wasn't that it wasn't directed the way I could change mm -hmm. the things I needed to change. So when I was broken, I also went into recovery. I went in to look for more knowledge, for a new awareness, a way to figure out how to know what I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And when I learned it, the way I can do that is through awareness and through knowledge. So I began to seek out knowledge and I began to realize that I just didn't know a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so as a result, as the more I learned about who I am and who I'm not, mm. my ability and my willingness to hear who I'm not, I found was the biggest problem. I couldn't handle the truth. Mm -hmm. I couldn't handle that I was imperfect. Mm. I couldn't handle that I was less than who I thought I was. But when I began to realize that I was okay because I was imperfect, it was okay. Mm -hmm. And when I could accept my imperfections, I could now receive what I looked for my whole life. Mm. So what this journey took me down was this incredible pain. It made me begin to change and grow and to heal. Mm. And to truly become the authentic person I wanted to be. And 
probably one of the greatest things that God taught me was, and I think as Christians, this is true for most of us, Mm -hmm. what we desire, what I desired more than anything in the world was to be like Christ. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to do that because I was in the way. Mm. My history was in the way. My belief system was in the way. And I didn't realize that I was looking and, and viewing life through really a dirty filter. Mm. And so when I began the journey of recovery, I began to realize that through knowledge um, that we were all born in a world of sin. Mm -hmm. And that sin set up these two words called abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. That abuse and neglect set up this word called history, Mm -hmm. our belief system. Mm -hmm. And we begin to look at life through that belief system. And that belief system set up this word called codependency. Mm -hmm. Well, when I started my journey, it's been, I was, uh, it's been, 50 years ago, I had never heard of the word codependence, didn't even know what it meant. thought I was in a Bible study, <laughs> just didn't understand the terminology. Yeah. And I realized that I got up my hands a hold of this author called Pia Melanie and Melanie Beatty, which were the two main um, authors at the time, back in the early um, 80s, 90s. They wrote their books in the 70s. And it's kind of like they wrote a book about me. Like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Yeah. <laughs> so what I learned was codependency, according to Pia Melody, is the definition is immaturity. Mm. What immaturity means is there's a little kid inside of us that's running the show because we didn't get to grow up because when we were kids, the abuse of the world we lived in was so bad that we got stunted as kids. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little kid inside running the show because we didn't learn how to grow up. Mm-hmm. There are five basic things we were supposed to get from our parents, and we didn't get them. Mm-hmm. I certainly didn't get them. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned was how to find those five things, and they were five core symptoms of not knowing how to be an adult. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I do is exonerate all parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't get it. Their parents didn't get it. And so that's the sins of the father that gets passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. But today we have this incredible gift of knowledge that we can learn. Because you asked me, what we're, we're looking for the truth. Yeah. And the truth is God's word. Yeah. But we have to be able to take and make that truth relevant mm-hmm. and real and put our hands on it and touch it and see it so that we can we know our minds and, 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 and figure out how to be that a, a authentic adult. Mm. You know, it's interesting because I went through the women's Bible study when I was up in Idaho, and one of the Bible studies that I started with, with all the women, uh, was Taming the Giants by Kathy Dickinson. And the reason, the reason that I decided to go through Taming the Giants rather than anything else was because I wanted people to understand codependence, depression, anxiety, fear, all of the the giants in our life. How do we tame them? And so the entire process was we understand who God created us to be. We understand the negative emotions that we have and then the positive emotions we have. And then we understand how Satan uses them against us. And when they become oppression and and when we can fight that spiritual war, but it comes down to recognizing, it comes down to reality in every single aspect of what we deal with in life. Whether you're depressed, you have to get back to the truth. Whether you're happy, there's truth in why you're happy. You, you still know why you're happy. When you're sad, when you're angry, when you're violent, when you're abusive, whatever it might be that you're dealing with, you get back to 
the truth because the only way to come out of it, if it's a negative emotion, is to understand where it came from and then follow it back and then heal from it. And so we went through this process and it was tremendously powerful because we were able to heal and we were able to look at ourselves and we were able to say, we understand ourselves more, areas of ourselves that we were maybe burying and hiding that we didn't know how to even address, were able to come up to the surface and we were able to collectively uh, collaborate in that healing process and then learn spiritual warfare. Uh, and like you said in, in Peter, that the, the enemy, Satan, is roaring like a lion seeking whom he can devour. Yes, and yes. When we're happy, yes. Even when we're sad, yes. When we're depressed, yes. When we're angry, yes. Uh, you know, and all of those things. Um, there's not an opportunity that the enemy wastes. And how do we navigate that and how has it affected us in our life? So it was really powerful uh, and it was a great tool. And I did use those five core symptoms to get people to understand how to navigate their world. And because you are right, we all have suffered trauma, uh, neglect, severe pain in some way that has affected our lives from childhood. And understanding, I think our parents were amazing people maybe for some of us, but they still did not equip us because they weren't equipped is okay. It's not a bad thing. It's not a disrespectful thing. Um, you're not saying anything bad about your your past. You're, you're recognizing a deficit and you're fig figuring out how to come out of it. So then hopefully like for me, my son, I can, I cannot keep him in a deficit. I can help him grow out of it. And then in the areas that maybe I'm still in a deficit, then he can help his child right? Forward progression uh, to come out of our problems so we can be utilized. What I've noticed is when I started going through the five core symptoms and healing and learning and getting to the truth and getting out of codependency, uh, I was able to be healthier in future relationships. Well, I think that identifying codependency as immaturity and understanding that codependency is the disease of immaturity it's the disease of extremes it's the disease of not knowing that i need and i depend on somebody else to tell me who i am mm -hmm. so we've been talking about um the five core symptoms and the five symptoms of not knowing how to be an adult and so what we want to do is identify them because these are five things that are very clear in god's word mm -hmm. and that's what um is so powerful about them because there are five things we didn't get and the first one is appropriate levels of self-esteem mm -hmm. the second thing we that we didn't get was boundaries and mm -hmm. uh, external and internal mm -hmm. the third thing is reality mm -hmm. the fourth thing is self-care mm -hmm. the fifth thing is moderation mm -hmm. we do all the above in moderation as a therapist i can teach for these five but i can't teach self-esteem Mm. Our value comes from God. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come from other people. It doesn't come from other things. It comes from Him. Mm -hmm. What helps people to really internalize their self-worth comes from knowing our reality. Mm -hmm. So in order for us to help the viewers understand what reality is, here's how I've identified it. We're responsible for our body. Mm -hmm. We're responsible for our thoughts, our feelings, behavior, choices, and internal limits. Mm -hmm. I've taken these from many different authors, and these are the six I've come up with. Mm -hmm. And here's why. Mm -hmm. One, body's the temple. Mm -hmm. God gave us that. Mm -hmm. 
and we're to respect that and honor that body. That can be an exterior boundary, which we can talk about later. Mm -hmm. But the five things that I shared are thoughts, feelings, behavior, choices, and limits. Those are all internal. Mm -hmm. What's really powerful about that is this is how I break them down. Our thoughts and our feelings are our soul. Mm -hmm. Only one thought and only one feeling that knows what's going on inside of me. Mm -hmm. That's just me Mm -hmm. and God. Mm-hmm. And that's how we communicate to others and to ourselves mm-hmm. and to God. The next one is per, is behavior. We dis- demonstrate our thoughts and our feelings through our behavior, which is also through our personality. Mm-hmm. And we share that with others through our thoughts and feelings. God gave us all free choice. And then he also gave us internal limits. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a thermometer inside of us mm-hmm. that kind of dictates, you know, how high. Yeah. And how low and kind of where the balance is. Mm-hmm. Because most of us don't have any regulator in there. Yeah. We just don't. And again, in order for us to know who we are, we have to be able to know through knowledge how to renew our minds. Mm-hmm. You know, the scripture in Romans talks really clearly that be not conformed to this world. Mm-hmm. But we've got to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Mm-hmm. If we don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. then how do we renew our minds mm-hmm. anyway that's that's kind of the foundation of where i started this journey and it's true you were talking about how when the lord the holy spirit revealed to you uh in second peter that scripture that we do have a part um all through scripture and I, and you honed in on it but all through scripture there is a part in what we play um and you know when when covid manifested itself the mantra that every believer all over the face of the earth was saying was second chronicles seven fourteen, and i'm going to read it because um i really want everybody to understand what it says and how it plays in perfectly to what you're talking about um and i'm bringing it up on the screen for everybody who's listening so that they can they can read along but if you turn to to second chronicles seven and then start in verse 14 or start in verse 12 it says the lord appeared to solomon by night and said to him i have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice when i shut up the heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people and here is where there's a give and a take a give and a take it says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves so first of all you recognize that you're a child of god you're his people Number one, that's your role. That you're going to humble yourself, number two. You're going to pray, number three. You're going to seek his face, number four. Number five, you turn from your wicked ways, okay? Then what? Then here's his part. Then I will hear from heaven, and then I will forgive their sin and heal their land. So the conditions in that, there's five parts we play. There's two parts God played in that. And when you look and you dissect scripture, when you're like, well, you know, I just came to the Lord and he's just supposed to heal me. And I'm I'm a new creature and a new creation in Christ Jesus. And, and that, yes, all your sins are forgiven and you're covered by the blood of Jesus. And now you're reconciled unto him. You die in your sin, you rise to Christ. It doesn't mean that the consequences, decisions, actions of your past magically disappear. There's conditions. There's a give and take. It's called a walk with God. You're holding hands with him. It is a partnership. It's a relationship. These are the conditions. And it's all throughout scripture. So the moment we actually recognize, okay, I can't just, oh, I'm saved by grace. 
and throw my hands up and say, well, that's just who God made me, or my parents were that way, or what's popular in my uh, ethnicity is, well, I'm Italian, or I'm Irish, you know, and we just justify away history, which has now worked its way into our current reality, into our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions, negative control, however you want to, however it, it, your behavior manifests itself. You have to get back to know I have a part. If I want to be better, if I want to be healed, if I want to be used mightily, I got to get out of my own way and stop saying, well, it's God's problem. No, we have free choice. We have free will. And we have a responsibility. And this is what scripture says about that responsibility. So I really like how you tied that in in your journey. Well, and that's the word. We don't know how to be responsible. Mm -hmm. We don't know because our parents couldn't teach us because they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And their parents couldn't teach them because they didn't know. Mm -hmm. Because sin, because of Satan, Mm -hmm. because he kept us just kind of swirling around. But today, we can know the truth. Mm-hmm. We also need to be responsible for it. Mm-hmm. What causes so much havoc is that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And because I don't know, then I depend on you to do it for me. Mm-hmm. And as you do it for me, then I now feel really little. Mm-hmm. I don't feel valuable. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm important because I need you to do it for me. And I lose my value. Mm-hmm. One of the things I, I share with almost all my couples, but I share with anybody that will listen. Um, There's something we fight over every single time. We fight over the same thing every time, whether it's a couple, whether it's you and your mom, whether it's you and your dad, Mm -hmm. whether it's you and your kids, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. We fight over the same thing every single time. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea what it is? It's communication related. No? What? It's value. Value. Oh, I was going to say value. I should have just said it. We're looking, if somebody says, you know, why would you wear hair like that? You're telling me there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I'm, and now I'm going to fight you over that. You don't get to tell me that you don't like the way I'm wearing my hair. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you spend money? You know we don't have that much. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whatever it is, we're fighting over you telling me that I'm not valuable. Mm-hmm. Because we don't feel valuable. Mm-hmm. because we have this inappropriate level of value. Now, there's two kinds of values. So for those who think that they know some pretty people who think they're pretty full of themselves, mm-hmm. there's low self-esteem, low value, and grandiose self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Which one's farthest from the middle? Well, they're both equal distance from the middle. They're both equal. Which one looks better? Neither. Grandiose. Mm. They look pretty good. Maybe, yeah. To, you know, they look better than low. Yeah, that's true but they're still broken. Mm -hmm. The thing that people bring in to their value to make them feel valuable are other things. Their kids' grades, the college they're going to, the car they drive, um, the the spouse on their arm, the house they have. All of those material or other things that give them value. When those things are gone, what happens to value? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you go back down to losing your value and you don't know who you are. It's gone. Mm Mm-hmm. And so our value comes from God, mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. because he said so. Sorry about that. Our dogs just got let in and are extremely loud. So we're going to pause and mute our microphone for a minute until they're quiet. So you guys don't hear a basset hound shrieking in the background. She obviously didn't know my husband was home and he let her in. And she acted like he was dead and resurrected. So anyway, um, back to value it is true we all want we we try to get value from something somewhere 
in my career field, it's always the career, right? I'm a yeah. doctor. I'm I'm this. I'm I identify. I get my identity in my profession. And then let's say I identify in that profession and let's say that profession isn't feeding me quite what I want, then I identify by the material possessions I should have because of that profession. And then you are on this spiraling, spinning, out of control whirlwind of nothing's ever good enough and you're looking to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing to fulfill you. And you're, you're empty. Well, you're also only as valuable as, as long as you have it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of sad. Yeah. Because sometimes it's time to turn a page. Sometimes it's time to start a new book. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's time to look at something different in life. But if our values connected to what we do or who we think we are based on our performance, what happens when you're a mom and your values and your kids, and they yeah. go off to college. Mm-hmm. Well, the, where goes your value? Yep. And we now bringing that into some of the, 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 the more things that people are dealing with, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety. Today we live in a time where kids are talking about anxiety and depression mm-hmm. i didn't talk about anxiety and depression when i was a kid mm-hmm. i just didn't know even what they were i just pushed I, through to be honest with you neither did i in the 80s 90s i mean i didn't but today 10 year olds they know about anxiety they're depressed they're talking this kind of dialogue because they hear it they see it they know it and they observe it mm-hmm And a lot of the observation, unfortunately, is in their parents. Mm -hmm. And that all comes back to they don't know their reality. Yeah. They don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. They don't know how they feel. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to do. Yeah. And they don't know what choices to make because they don't want to make any choices because they're afraid of making a wrong choice. Yeah. There's no such thing as a right and wrong choice as long as there's not within the Ten Commandments. Still a candy bar, that's wrong. Mm Mm-hmm lie or cheat or steal that's wrong mm-hmm. should i move to timbuktu or thailand i don't know doesn't really matter <laughs> you know god's gonna meet us there mm-hmm. regardless you know in in the journey of life and figuring out how to deal with just that question in the church we even as believers and i'm gonna go spiritual through the christian church lens we identify by how many ministries we volunteer in how close we can get to the pastor how close we are to the elders or in the inner circle of the church does our voice get heard in church matters uh and again you said it in your story you were serving people and not god but then we identify by that church is split up by that people leave congregations and community churches because of that people leave the church altogether because of those things because you have a bunch of unhealthy people all in one place and they're all trying to navigate this thing called life and relationship with christ doing it from from a very shattered lens and it gets messy it leaks out right they leak out we leak out and the church is a fractured place it is a hospital for the healing it's not you know, a resort for um, the most religious, you know, and pious and healthy of people. So how do we help the church understand don't serve man, serve God, and that they then live out their actions even in the church in the same broken way they live out their life at home? We do that by when knowing our value comes from God, how to set internal boundaries, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about later, by knowing and containing our own reality. We are responsible for our own reality. What I think, how I feel, 
what I do, my choices, my internal limits, they're mine. Mm-hmm. What happens is I live in a world where I make you responsible for me. Mm. You make me mad. Mm. You hurt my feelings. Here's what you did to me. I don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. The truth is I have to be responsible for myself. Mm-hmm. And it also goes back to being able to hear, and yeah, I had an attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I came out sideways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I hurt your feelings. But if I can't hear the truth that I'm imperfect, then I'm going to defend my value and I'm going to fight. So own ownership. Ownership. Ownership of your emotions, ownership of your thoughts, your feelings, which in, then in turn is your reality. And once again, because I've been in the church a long time, um, ownership is a great word, but the truth is it's responsibility. Mm. Um, I am responsible for my reality. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that I don't have much tolerance for as a Christian or a member in the church is I don't give myself, I don't give you permission to have your reality. Mm. And the truth is you're responsible for your thoughts, feelings, behavior, choices, and limits. And you have a right to be very different because you already are. Mm -hmm. You're never, ever, ever going to be exactly who I want you to be or who I am. Mm -hmm. You're always going to be uniquely you. Mm -hmm. If I need you to be you, I'm in trouble. Mm. No, if I need you to be me, me. Mm-hmm. I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because I want you to accept me. I'm going to take responsibility for me. But you don't want to take responsibility for you. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Each one of us have to come to that place where you get to be who you are. And I have to accept and love you for being different and unique. But instead, I need you to be like me. And when you're not like me, then I have this conflict because I can't handle your reality being different from mine. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be different from mine. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that for many, many years. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult for you and I to disagree on something when it's so clear to me, this is right. But it's so clear to you, it's right. When it has nothing to do with right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just our uniquenesses. Mm -hmm. And I think helping Christians realize that the greatest gift we give is we judge others the way we judge ourselves. Mm. So if we have that two by four in our hands beating up you, mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're beating yourself up. Mm. And we give grace to others the way we give it to ourselves. So I call that projection. I see that that's the term that I use a lot when I see someone responding or acting a certain way to somebody else. I see that as projection. Usually there's their guilty and maybe guilt is not the right word, shamed. Um, They feel some emotion about something that is happening, and it is a projection of something going on within themselves. I see that a lot because I've had to counsel people and marriages and things like that as well. And I see a lot of that when it comes to adultery or adulterous thoughts or feelings in the church about a spouse, a lot of, you know, accusations. And we go back to the Bible and Satan's the accuser, the brethren and all this kind of stuff. And let's get to the truth. We go through a process, but it's usually because there's an inward issue. There's a pornography issue. There's a, I, an insecurity I was cheated on in my past, or, you know, I have cheated in the past, or I have had thoughts of cheating in the past, or, you know, and then it projects because there's condemnation, shame, guilt, you know, and we don't know how to get out of that negative emotion, this whirlwind of constantly being ourselves up. And then we 
spew it and we project it on other people and it manifests through our behavior. And that causes a lot of problem. And again, it goes back, you said it value. It's a value thing because you don't value yourself. You're beating yourself up. And then, then that leaks onto other people um, and it gets really messy. So the church is a group of people who need healing and who need to be able to take responsibility for their, they're entitled. Let's, let me just make sure that we have a foundation for the listeners. You're entitled to your thoughts and your feelings. No, no one can tell you, you have no right to feel sad. You have no right to be depressed. You have no right to be angry. You're entitled to own that feeling. But what you do with that feeling is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's where the two meet. Correct. And and I think you use the term farm. Don't get on each other's farm. And I, and I related that a lot back in the audience knows my history with my ex-husband, but I related that on. I was a sucker to get sucked into negative control and these abusive patterns of emotional and mental manipulation. And he was high, I was high. He was low, I was low. He was steady, I was steady. And I was just completely codependent uh, on him for my value. And so I was just going through whirlwinds of problems. And when I started becoming healthy, then I was accused of not loving, not being empathetic, not caring. And I see that even still with people who are little, who are emotionally immature. If I set a healthy boundary and I don't get sucked into their train of emotion, then I'm, you know, it's that negative control of telling, they're telling me my reality. I'm not loving. I'm not empathetic. I don't do this. I don't do that, you know? And so that is also something that as you grow and heal, you learn that you still have to have a healthy boundary. You don't go on their farm. You don't allow them on your farm. Can you explain the farm and what I'm trying to articulate uh, in maybe a more palatable manner so everyone understands how that would look in their life? Well, reality is our thoughts, our feelings, behavior, choices, and internal limits. And if you put a little box around that and a little house, a little roof on Mm -hmm. it, I call that our farm. I get this information from clowns in a town. Townsend and Cloud, and it's a farm. That's our reality. And I have a right to my own farm, and you have a right to your farm. Mm-hmm. One of the things I never do, all the years I've been counseling, all my grandchildren, my son, my his friends, people I know, I never, ever, ever give advice. Never. Mm-hmm. Ever. Because if I give advice that's not asked for, I'm telling a person their reality. Mm-hmm. I'm telling them there's something so wrong with them, they need me to help them because mm-hmm. I know everything mm. and that there's something wrong with them mm-hmm. or they feel inadequate mm-hmm. because I have to tell them. So reality is our farm. And then we put a little white picket fence around it because boundaries are invisible fences mm-hmm. that protect you from me and me from you. And so our reality is our farm. I'm responsible for my own farm. So when you tell me, Betty, this is what I think you should do. This is what I think you should feel. This is what I think you should um, choose to do. I tell you, thank you for sharing, but go back to your own farm. (laughs) You have your own reality over there. Your farm, you stay there, and I'll garden mine, and I'll hoe mine, and I'll take care of my own plants. You can take care of yours. Mm -hmm. And it's just a kind, subtle way to help people say, you're on my farm. Mm -hmm. We don't really know that they're on our farm, but we can feel the impact. Mm-hmm. because somebody's telling me what to think, feel, or do. Mm-hmm. And that's also called negative control. Mm-hmm. So I just put it in the form of farm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I use it all the time. As a matter of fact, those who have experienced the five core symptoms and are learning and healing and growing, um, people that I collaborate with and know, um, 
you know, it's funny because as you grow and you learn, you become very self-aware. And so we find ourselves when we communicate saying, you know, is it okay if I do this? And they'll say, thank you for respecting my boundary, but yes, it's okay for you to do this. And it's a way to navigate things. And it helps us also be aware of how we are responding to people, not just how we want them to respond to us. This is part of that healing and that maturity becoming big. It's a two-way street. We don't think about only how others respond to us. It's how we respond to others. We understand, we learn, they, we, they grow. We talk a lot about the colors as we're wrapping up here. Can I say one? Well, yes, well, go ahead. One more quick story about that. Go. I had a nine-year-old and a six-year-old granddaughters. Picked them up every day after school, every every Friday after school. And um, they know the farm. Mm-hmm. They know boundaries. They know reality. We know it all, but we call reality is the farm. Mm-hmm. They know negative control. Mm-hmm. They are part of my family. And even at nine and six, we're dialoguing and communicating. So I picked up the girls from school. And my little sager said, getting in the car to her little six-year-old sister, you know, this is why you don't have any friends. You're just not nice. You don't have any friends because you're rude. You don't have any friends because you, you know, you're just mean. <laughs> and I said, Sage, get off your sister's farm. Mm-hmm. And she said, Grandma, you don't understand. I have an itty-bitty farm. I like to travel. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. I said to Ayla, sitting in the back seat, you have friends. I know you do. I think your sister was mischaracterizing you. And she says, no, Grandma, I really don't have any friends. <laughs> and I said, yes, you do. And she said, Grandma, that's negative control. <laughs> I said, no, it isn't. She said, Grandma, you just did it again. I said, no, I didn't. She said, and you just did it again. <laughs> so just so you know, yep. the power of knowledge mm-hmm. is pretty powerful stuff. It is. And it's something that I'm trying to teach. I have four children now, them boundaries. I just leave it at a boundary. Everyone wants to touch everybody else's stuff. When someone says stop, someone doesn't want to stop. The antagonism and all. I mean, you have three boys in the in the bunch and then one girl who knows exactly how to uh, game the system, you know, and it's just, it's interesting. I talked to Isaiah because he's been around the most and, and, you know, we've had this conversation about boundaries, 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 trying to get you to respect people's boundaries. And I think he struggles a lot with understanding boundaries and limits. And when they're kids, they want justice. Well, if he doesn't respect mine, why should I respect his? Mm -hmm. Now, as we're wrapping up, because we have about two minutes left, there's a lot of adults who do the same. And, 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 and that is why relationships blow up. That is why you have these massive, heated, emotional, petty, pointed problems. Well, let me slip in. When we give advice that they didn't ask for, it's negative control. Mm-hmm. When you have advice that somebody didn't ask for, the other person instantly, instantaneously, wants to fight because you're telling them there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. So if you share something with somebody and they immediately come back in defense, it's a hundred percent for sure. You're probably telling them the reality Mm. that there's something wrong with them. Good to know. Now, listen, everybody, this was a, the hour went by really, really quick, actually, probably quicker than I anticipated going by because I have another three hours worth of conversation. I want to get out today, but this was a great, just a great overview of reality, of life, of truth, of healing, 
of taking responsibility and what the Bible actually says about it. Now none of you have a way out to say the Bible doesn't say it, and the proof is in the pudding. You, you, you understand that this is a thing called life. Sanctification is a walk with Christ and understanding we fall and we get back up. And it's okay to fall and it's okay to get back up and it's okay to fall again. But it's at least if we're falling, we're making forward movement, right? As believers, we don't want to fall back and keep falling back and keep falling back. Uh, And hopefully these segments will minister to you and help you understand truth, understand how to navigate your farm and how to understand other people's farms and their truth. And I'm not talking about relative truth. What's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. I'm not talking about demonic uh, truth, which is what we are seeing in the world today. I'm talking about the real truth, the truth of God's word and the truth of who he created us to be in his image, inherently the truth of who we are in that and how to operate in that truth. Uh, And so as we continue to move forward, if you have questions or concerns, comments, statements, please feel free to email them, shannon at voiceoftruthradio.org. You can also put them in the comment section below. And as we do these programs, if you have something to add or a question, we'll be more than willing to help answer. Please note that we are not able to give counseling over the computer. Uh, There's client-patient relationships and things that have to occur in that way. If you have questions, you can reach out to Betty. I'm going to have her give uh, the way that you can contact her through her website in a moment. But it would be good to work and navigate through life together as the body of Christ through a camera lens and through a microphone, and hopefully it finds you well and you will be able to be stronger and better um, and grow in your walk with the Lord and maybe your family. That is our goal. If you want to email the staff, email voiceoftruthbroadcasting at gmail.com. You can go to our website, voiceoftruthradio.org. And when you click on the website, if I can put pull it up here, my computer timed out. When you go to the website, you can go to the partners page. And on that partners page, you will also find the website to um, Connected Life Center. And you can click and there's contact information there. But why don't you go ahead and give them the contact information just in case they don't go to voiceoftruthradio.org. They can go to connectedlifecenter.com and leave an email and any of questions that they might have. And you can get more information about Betty um, from that website as well. But listen, we want to help you deal with your self-esteem. We want to help you understand boundaries. We want you to know your reality. We want you to understand and acknowledge your needs and your wants. We want to help the church get healthier. And we all believe that we all have a purpose and a plan to be utilized for such a time as this on this earth and to be used mightily for the kingdom of heaven to the best of our ability to get out of our own way would be a beautiful thing to see what the church can accomplish together. And so that's ultimately our heart. We know the Lord is coming quickly. Come Lord Jesus, come. We understand the signs of the times. And we also know that we have individual responsibilities in our individual walks with the Lord. So let's do this thing called life together in fellowship with one another. We are always here to pray for you. Thank you for sending your prayer requests to me. I pray for all of them. If you have any more, you know where to find me. Make sure you like and subscribe. Share this video with everyone you know. If you're listening on Rumble, thank you. We're trying to continue to build up the Rumble page, so please make sure you share, like, and subscribe. You can join the movement as well on voiceoftruthradio.org and be privy to our newsletter and additional information uh, and 
uh, published material that we do not talk about on the program or on social media. So until next time, everybody, Betty, thank you. Do you have any last words? You're valuable because God said so. Amen to that. Take that to heart as you go about your Saturday and remember to be a voice of truth in your community. God bless.